if you'll join me in a word of prayer, we're going to head and spend some time today uh, beginning, stepping into uh, a summer series that will kind of hit on and off throughout the summer uh, about the book of Philippians. So this is the church at Philippi. Uh, this is the, the, the Paul's joy message. And I think it'll be a good thing for us to spend some time talking about this summer as the sun is shining. So if you've got a Bible with you, you can open up to the book of Philippians this morning. So won't you pray with me as we get started. Father God, uh, thank you so much for each one of these people, for every person in this room today. That They're not here by chance, not here by accident, but they're here by a divine encounter that on this day we will be a unique group of people that will never exist in its exact uniqueness ever again. And you've got some things to say to us. So Lord, we pray that, that you will help us to step out of our own way and allow your word to speak to us to our hearts in a way that changes us so that the information coming from Scripture will go from our head to our heart and ultimately to our behavior and our obedience to you and how we better understand what it means to follow you in this life. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, as we move into this uh, church at Philippi, as we move into the book of Philippians, it's a very interesting book and, and I think important messages throughout this book. And I think that you're going to enjoy this. Now, as I, I look at our life, I've been, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been wired in Christianity. I've been wired in churches for a long time. And I know that in the life of a Christian, we, we have a lot of ups and downs. We have hills and valleys. And, and you would think that, that we would be the most joyful people on the planet, right? We've got, we've got it. Like, we've got the thing. We've, we've got forgiveness. We've got grace. We've got mercy. We've got love. And yet sometimes... Life still hits us. We still rule. We have our down days. We have our hard days. And how many sometimes you meet that, that believer and you're just like, just like Eeyore walking through life. It's like, woe is me. If the sky's falling, it's going to hit me. Right? If life's going to get tough, it's going to hit me. And we still kind of live with that kind of like, kind of going through. And sometimes we forget that as people who are forgiven, we have the holy living God living in us. And that one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Is joy. Now, it, 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 as I look at an introduction here of uh, the book of Philippians, I think about the many things that I'll share with you here in regards to, to Paul's message in this letter written to Christians in the church. But I want you to, as you always look at scripture, we got to go really deeper than the words and into, into where we're seeing the heart of, of the heart of God speaking through the heart of the author. 
So let me give you kind of the perspective uh, as, we're, as we're coming into Philippians. Philippians is uh, written to the church in Philippi by the Apostle Paul, by a man named Paul. And in this book, it's a focus on joy, but it's, a, it's written to a church that he actually had started 10 years prior. And see, this is a letter that is written to people that many of whom he knows, many of whom he led to Christ, many of whom he has walked with. And you can see as you read this, as he celebrates, as he walks with them, you can see that he has a heart for these people. He has a heart for these people. He's not just writing, but he's writing to people that he loves. He's writing to a people he cares for. He's writing to a people and thanking them for the ways that they've loved him. And we have this mutual relationship of walking on this journey of faith together in joy. So when I think about that and I think about our church and I think about you know, where we've come from and where we may be going as the church is over five years old. Now, I've been here for a little over four. Many of you have been with us all along the way. Some of you have been here for part of that. Some of you are here, maybe are, are new in, in recent months. And, 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 and what, I, what I see, and, and I kind of want to kind of want to kind of pace this slowly, but I want to, I want to, when I look at ministry, when I look at the church, when I look at what God is doing, we don't look at just churches' buildings. We don't just look at churches' numbers, but I see people. I see you and me journeying together. I see you and me on this, on this walk through life of faith together. And, and, and as you and I allow each other to be integral parts of our life, God can do amazing things. He can do amazing things. That as, just like with Campfire Fridays, that it's, it's, it's not just about having a campfire, it's about, it's about us coming together and journeying together and building community in a way where we can Love each other so that whenever, when you're going through a, a tough time, you can brush shoulders with someone else and someone else who's maybe ha, has been there or someone at a moment of joy and you can, together, we can journey together, we can hurt together and, and experience life together. Find joy even on the hard days together through the grace we have in Jesus. I want this mutual relationship to be the kind of church that isn't just, uh, you know, come and go as you please and, you know, don't want to know your name. You don't want to know, you know what I mean? But, but actually, like, a church community that lives and breathes together as best we can by God's grace, right? As you see when we read through the book of Philippians, you can see this heart that Paul has for the believers in this church. Now it's an interesting book. It's different than Paul wrote 13 different letters in the New Testament. And it's really interesting because this is, this is a letter that's unique to all of them. Uh, like I said, he started this church 10 years prior. And, and 
And in, in, in this church, he's, he's not, in a lot of his letters, he's, he's offering some criticisms. He's, a, he's approaching a, a struggle. He's approaching a heretic that has, has come in or someone has come in and they're skewing the gospel in a way that he doesn't, that he wants to set them straight or he wants to teach them the truth. He wants to remind them of the truth. He wants to remind them of God's design for church. And he's, he's really, in some ways, setting them straight by what God ultimately has in store for that congregation, but even bigger than that for capital C Church. But this letter is different because this letter is, is really more of an expression of his gratitude and his affection for the people in the Philippian church. And the these are some of his strongest supporters in ministry. These are the, the people that are walking with him and these are people that they sent, they, they sent him financial support while he's in prison, as one example. They're praying for him constantly. These are people that are partnering with him in his ministry. These are people that he loves, and he's writing to them with this tender love for these people in this church as this very personal letter goes out. If you want to read about the beginning of the church in, Phil, in Philippi, you can read Acts chapter 16. Write down Acts chapter 16. Lydia, a slave girl, and um, a prison guard. The first three converts of the church of Philippi. Lydia was wealthy, slave girl was not, and the prison guard came to Christ when the, walls, when the chains fell off. It's amazing to see where things are going and where things have come from, but it's this ongoing expression of this affection that he has for them and this reminder that you have, your joy is in the Lord. 16 different times Paul uses the word joy or rejoice in this book. It's a beautiful letter that reminds us of what we have and what we have access to and what we so often turn from and choose stress and anxiety and allow those to rule in our life instead. I chose, I feel led to chose to go this direction because I think it's something that we need. Maybe something that I need, some, some, some passion that we need to be reminded to go back to where we started and be excited about what God is doing, excited about what God has done so that he will continue to grow us and change us and fire us up so that, so that as we follow Christ, that will be attractive just in how you live, just in how you express the joy you have in the Lord. So that we're not just rolling through, right? But we are passionate followers of Christ. This is a consistently positive and personal letter that reflects the joy that we have in the Spirit. This living joyfully that we're all called to do. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't point out major problems. He celebrated with them. And he's constantly pointing people back to Jesus Christ as your source of salvation, your source of joy, your source of contentment, your source of life. So if you have your Bibles with you and you can open up to Philippians chapter 1, I'm going to start, we're going to read the first 11 chapter verses. First, if you're with chapters, you guys are like, I'm going home for lunch. You gotta be kidding me. Happy Sunday. So here, starting in, in 
chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Amen. You know, as I read that, can you see it? Can you feel it? Now, I know I've been reading this for a while. You're seeing this for the first time probably in a while, unless we just kind of got lucky and that was your morning devotion or something like that, right? But can you see this affection that he has for them, this partnership that he wants to see thrive and grow, and he wants to see them have more and more love for God, more and more joy in their life, onward growing, improving He's partnering with them and walking with them and he's praying for them. Now, one of the things that I didn't mention at the intro that I think is important and I wanted this, to say this after you read this, after we read this because I want you to see the joy and the affection and, and we'll see this as we go on because there's so much in this book that is also about contentment. But scholars agree that this that this, by and large, scholars agree, we'll go 99.9% of scholars agree that this letter was written by Paul in prison during, his, during the two years that he spent in Rome ministering in a household. The last two years, the very end of the book of Acts, we just read the end of the book of Acts in the men's group, and the book of Philippians was written during that last two years while he's, he's boldly, ministering and sharing the gospel to all who would come and listen. Some were believing, some were not believing, but he would just boldly share the truth. And it is in that house, while on house arrest, while in prison, that he wrote a letter about joy. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And you thought you had a bad week. And you're feeling down today. The man's in chains, preaching boldly, and wrote a letter about joy to a people who he loves, a people who he's affectionate for. Imagine if you had a, a pastor or a leader who would, who would uh, journey on a, on, on a trip to another country. Say, say for example, this is hypothetical, okay? So God goes on a mission trip to the Middle East and ends up in prison. Very hypothetical, right? This did not happen. Pray that it doesn't happen. Okay, no. 
So guy goes on a trip. Guy, guy, guy goes over to the Middle East and I find myself in a prison. And there's all kinds of risks involved in that, right? Like I could be beheaded over there or I could live in that prison for the rest of my life. But while I'm in that prison, I'm closer to God than I've ever been. I'm praying and I'm yearning for the spirit more than I ever have, knowing that God is going to journey with me on this. And you know what, what imagine I'm in that position and I'm like Paul and I'm on my knees and I'm praying and, and I'm praying in the spirit that the Lord will continue to put people, just bring people into that prison that I can share the gospel with. Because that same gospel that is the reason why I am in that prison is the gospel that, I, that, that gives me all of the joy, all of this rejoicing, all of this unspeakable joy. Not happiness, but a depth of joy that is not found in circumstances, but is found in truth. It is immovable. You're gonna be happy, you're gonna be sad, but you always have that seed of joyfulness in you as a Christian. Imagine, put it in that real world situation. Imagine that your pastor is sitting in a prison in chains that at any moment somebody could come in and say, it's your turn to be beheaded. And instead of crying out to God to save my life, I'm yearning for more to come that I can preach the gospel to. And I'm penning a letter to you guys affectionately in tears, begging you to stay the course, begging you to stay joyful, begging you to be bold for the gospel, begging you to remember what Christ has done for you. What a love this man had for the church, for the believers. And it's so beautiful. I don't want to ever be in that situation. I really, and I don't know what will happen, right? But just as a real life example, imagine that. You're just sitting back here in peaceful Pennsylvania. On a beautiful summer evening. And Ron calls you up and says, come over to the church. We just got a letter from Guy. And you read that letter and you expect to hear all of these horror stories, all of this pain. But instead, you said, hey, I've got so much joy. I am so on fire for the Lord over here in this prison cell that I just had to encourage you. The guy in jail is encouraging them to remain joyful. How amazing is that? And you had a bad week. God is good. God is big. And when you have the living God living in you, your joy can overcome all things because your joy transcends circumstance. And Paul is, is, is yearning for them that in this partnership that he has with them in the gospel, and that they will continue forward knowing that the God who began this good work in them is going to see it through to completion. Hey, you're going to continue on this path and someday you're going to stand before the Lord Jesus complete 
and righteous and welcomed into heaven. But you can have joy today. You can live for God today. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to follow God no matter what life throws at you. To know that my joy is in the Lord. It's not in how my day goes and it's not in whether or not I like the sermon this week. It's, it's all about what God has done and what God is doing. So that we are a house of God and God is living in us. So one of the main themes, my title for this message today is God's grace and joy. And here's why that is so important. Because, because it's, it's interesting to me, right? Like sometimes we go about our life and think, what do I have to be joyful about? What do I really have that's worth smiling? The devil is going to trick you. The devil is going to lie to you. The devil is going to try to pull you down. The devil is going to tell you that you don't have any blessings in your life worth being great, gracious for, thankful for, right? Like I don't have anything. But what do you have? What did Paul have? What is Paul reminding them of? What do they have that is worth having joy for? What is it, that joy, the fruit of the Spirit, of, of, of truly having that deep, that deep, this contentment, this joy that you cannot, can, cannot be taken away from you? What is that thing that is worth being joyful for even when you lose your job, lose your wife, lose your favorite dog, right? What is that thing that it doesn't matter? Joy transcends it all. Paul's answer in scripture and our answer today is grace. It has to be grace. It always goes back to grace. Grace is foundational. Grace is receiving forgiveness that you do not deserve. God's grace affects a man's sinfulness. It forgives the repentant sinner, but it also brings joy and thankfulness to us as followers of Christ. That it is because of God's grace that because of that, I can have joy and I can have pleasure and I can have gratification in life and I can have favor and acceptance for a kindness granted and desired to me. I can have the benefits of the fruit of the Spirit in me. I can receive grace that God gives to me and expects nothing in return. Just give me your life, right? Nothing but everything. unmerited grace, this absolutely free expression of God's love and kindness to men and women who deserve none of it. To receive grace, unmerited favor from the God of the universe who sent his son to the cross for you. If you're ever wondering where you're going to find your joy, if you're ever wondering how I can stay joyful even on the hard days, how I can stay joyful no matter what life throws at me, how I can stay focused on the things that God has called me to no matter what, it goes back to grace. Because what Jesus did on the cross, he did for us. He did for us. And he did that 
while we were still sinners, knowing that we didn't deserve it. And if you're a believer, you look at that and say, man, what do I have to be joyful about today? What do I have to be thankful about today? Well, that's something that's never going to change. That's something that's never going to move. You always have that. You can always look back to that. Grace, grace, grace. And so I want you, as you walk with God, to be reminded of that today. And as we begin this journey into the book of Philippians, it's so beautiful to see as, as we ourselves, we, you and I are, are, are partnering. If you're a Christian, if you're a regular attended Christian, we are partnering in the spreading of the good news. We have a, a similar relationship as what Paul had with this church. He never pastored that church. He wasn't present in that church. But he, he, he was integral in, in that church. He would have had local pastors in that church. But this Paul's joy is, de- is derived from seeing how these Philippians had joined him as partners in spreading the gospel. And his confidence that God would continue to work in them. He's confident that God's going to continue to work in them. So if I'm sitting in a prison cell in the Middle East and I'm wondering what's going on back there, praying for you guys, yearning for you guys, penning a letter like I could not write, through God's joy in remembering the amazing grace that he has given me and has given you, God will restore our confidence. I can have confidence in knowing and praying that you are continuing to walk with the Lord. Because one of the cool things that happens, one of the cool byproducts, the awesome byproducts of persecution, like in the life of Paul, is any time in the history of the church that Christians have been persecuted, the church has multiplied, right? It has exploded on the scene. You wonder why we think the church in America is on a decline overall? Is There hasn't been persecution on Christians in America for a long time. But in other parts of the world where there is persecution, it continues to grow. And that's what happened here. That's what happened here. Paul is, is in prison and they're supporting him and they're loving him. Because it's something, wow, it's like the disciples All the disciples, essentially except for John, were martyred in some way. Believe it or not, believing something to the point of death is contagious. Be like, I'm not afraid to die, but I'm afraid to die for no good reason. But if I'm going to die for that, people, the spirit moves, the spirit moves, and the church grows. And that's what happened while Paul was in prison. He was setting the stage in the last two years of his life. He's setting the stage for Christianity to continue to explode. That in the centuries to come, it would explode across Italy, across the Roman Empire, across Europe. He was laying the groundwork from a prison house in Rome, preaching to whoever would come, and writing letters 
to people that he loved and reminding them that your joy is in the Lord. Your joy is in the Lord and that God's grace, God's unmerited, beautiful grace, you cannot earn it. We make that mistake all the time where we, we receive it and then we go about the work of earning it. But that grace that God has given us, it should fill our hearts with joy. We are happy people. Happy people serving God. Because we have life like no other people in the world have. So I pray as we begin this journey through the book of Philippians this summer, um, I need this as much as many of you need this to be reminded of the joy that I have in the grace of God as I follow him and I serve him day in and day out. And as you grow in your relationship with him, I pray that you will ask God to continually give you that fruit of the spirit, bring it to the surface, bubble it up, make it expre that expression true in you. Let's pray as the worship team comes. Father God, I thank you so much we thank you for your grace. I thank you for these people in this room that have come to hear your word and have come to worship your name. Lord, may we be a people who are first and foremost affectionately in love with you. And after that, in love with each other and serving you boldly and joyfully and remembering that who we are and what we have is because of what you have accomplished on the cross for us. Fill us with your spirit and your joy today and this summer. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.